Hey, I'm so excited that you're here today. Let's acknowledge Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you are telling us things to come, that you're warning us of your return and that we're not ready. We have ears to hear right now, Lord. We're listening. We want to know what you're thinking. We want to know ahead of time that we're right with you. We love you and praise you and give you all the glory. You know, so often we go to Jesus and we want him to, to do all this stuff for us. And he wants to. But, you know, he says this to me one day. He said, you're a fair-weathered friend. You're here when you want something. But you have to understand that I need you. He wants it to be like an intimate relationship where you care about what he cares about as well as he cares about what you do. It's not a one-way relationship. And so he's asking us really to be a part of his life, a part of his kingdom, and actually get ready to move in with him that day. And so he's been showing us message after message, time after time, how we're not ready to stand before him that day. Matthew seven twenty one through 23. He said, not everyone who calls him Lord will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but those who do his will. Really, those who haven't ignored him. You know, we we so often know what to do, and we just, like, skim over it because we don't want to do it. It's uncomfortable. And so really what we're doing is we're ignoring Jesus. And, and that's what he's saying. He said, you who disregard my command, you who ignored me, away from me, I never knew you. You know, the Bible says you reap what you sow. And so if you continually ignore Jesus and what you know to do, on that day, he doesn't want to, but he'll have to ignore you. And so today he wants us to know. And, and you know, the thing is, you can't really know his commands or his will unless you open the book and find out, get interested in Jesus and find out what he's about, what he thinks, what his opinion is. And so today he wants us to know that as being a part of his, him, being a part of his life, he has given us talents to go to do his work. We talked the other day about Adam. He was called to name the animals. That was his thing to do. And we all have a thing to do for him as to prepare for his return. He isn't here yet because he said, we're not ready. We think we're waiting for him, but he's waiting for us because it's not his will that one should perish. Because he loves you so much. If he came now, you would perish. We are to be without spot or wrinkle, without blemish, which means we have to let him recreate us in his likeness. We have to be engaged in agreement with him as his bride getting ready for her groom. And so to be in agreement with him, we can't ignore him, but we have to do his will. If you want to live with him, then you have to be in agreement with him. God said this to me one today, one day. Many of my people think that they want to move in with me someday, but right here and right now, they don't have time for me, they don't agree with me, really want nothing to do with me. You know, it, it's pretty selfish of us, but that the only thing we want God to do is to bring us to heaven when we leave here. And we, would, we don't want to give in that relationship. 
You know, the first command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. And when you love him with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, you're going to care about what he cares about. You're going to be involved in his life. You're going to know what he's thinking. You're going to want to know what he's thinking. And you're going to be there for him as well as him be there for you. So Jesus wants to talk about our talents today, how we can be involved in his life, how we can be a part of his kingdom and be a part of those who don't know God to know him. And that way is to use your talent. He gave us all a talent to use. Matthew 25, he said, the kingdom of God is like a man who's about to take a long journey and he's called his servants together and entrusted them with his property, with talents with gifts to do his work is what he's saying. So to one he gave five talents and to another uh, two and, and to one and another two to another one to each portion his own personal ability and then he departed and left the country. He who had received five talents went at once and traded with them and gained five talents more. And likewise he who had received two talents, he also gained two talents more. But he who had received the one talent and went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts. And the one who had received five talents came and brought five more, saying, Master, you entrusted me with five talents. See here, I have gained five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, you upright. You upright, honorable, admirable, and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of much. Enter into and share the joy and the delight, the blessedness which your master enjoys. So he was rewarded for using his talent. And then the one who had two talents came forward saying, Master, you entrusted two talents with me, and here I've gained two talents more. And his master said to him, Well done, you upright, honorable, admirable, admirable and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of much enter into and share the joy and the delight, the blessedness which your master enjoys. He who had received one talent came forward and said, Master, I knew you to be a harsh, hard man, reaping where you did not sow and, and gathering where you did not win. So I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is your own. But his master answered him, You wicked and lazy, idle servant. Did you indeed not know I reap where I have not sown and gather grain where I have not owned? And then you should have invested my money with the bankers at my coming. I would, you, I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent away from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has, more will be given, and he will be furnished richly so that he will have, have abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have will be taken away from And throw the good-for-nothing servant out into the outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. So it's very clear that you can't throw your talent away. You can't bury it. You've been entrusted with a talent, with a gift to do for the kingdom, to be a part of Jesus's life. 
to make the way for him, to be a part of salvation of souls. It's a very important job that Jesus has for you. And you can't bury your talent. Many people do that out of fear of, what am I going to eat? What am I going to drink? What am I going to wear? No one's going to appreciate my talent. I can't, I can't like make any money with this talent. And the thing that you don't understand is God promises in Matthew 6.33 that when you do his way of doing and being right, what you need, you're not going to have to run after it, but he's going to add to you. What you need will be added to you. His kingdom, the kingdom of God, has principles and works in a certain way. And if we're going to move in with him, we got to figure that out and live in it. So if you're bearing your talent today, you're not ready for Jesus and he doesn't want to come yet because he wants to give you a chance to do that thing for him he has entrusted you with. So you have to have this understanding that you're not ready for Jesus if you've ignored anything he asked you to do. And today he's pointing out to us that we, as caring about him, loving him with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind, loving your neighbor is giving your gift. Using that talent to give to the person that needs what you have and to do it for him, to be a part of his life, to, to do that thing that he asks you to do because he has a plan for salvation because it's not his will that one should perish. To know that he is long-suffering and grieving for those who don't know him. And if we would do that thing that we know to do and then share that with others, the knowledge of the kingdom of God, then they're going to come to know Jesus. That's the plan. The plan isn't that many perish. It's not his will that one should perish. And if we say we love him, then we're going to care about that. We're going to care about our neighbor. And so this message today is to encourage you to find out what Jesus is asking you to do. To find out that thing that he's asking you to do. Which talent? You know, one person had five, another had two. He knows what you can, what personally, as he said, that you're capable of handling. And so whatever he talent, whatever talents he gave you and the instruction he gave you with them, you are to do that. And that would be part of you being without spot or wrinkle, without blemish, letting him recreate you in his likeness to live in his kingdom right here on the earth, preparing to stand before him. You know, as the word says, if you break one law, you break all the law. So you can't just um, 
do one thing that he told you to do and then give him the excuse that um, I didn't do anything with my talent because I was afraid and I buried it because if you do that, you're going to be thrown out into the outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. You have to be in that relationship with Jesus and know what he's thinking and let him correct you. Let him remind you of what he's called you to do. He's asking us to grow up and get to that place where we can be without blemish. He's asking you to be his bride and a bride gets ready for her groom. We don't look forward to our wedding day without making the preparations that need to be taken, done, before that day happens. We don't just sit around and wait for Jesus. We get ready. We get dressed. We become without blemish. We become like him. And part of being like him is to take that talent he gave you and do what you what he tells you to do with it, among other things. But this is just one more warning that he's giving us that we're not ready. And we're some of us know what to do and we're just ignoring it. We want to do something else. We want a better paying job. We want the security of that check. We don't want to just get out on the water and trust that God is going to provide for us, that he's going to give to us. It sometimes is scary, but when you get to know him and you have him meet those needs and those promises come to pass, it gets easier to trust him, but you got to make that start. And you have to understand everything that you're doing now has to do with your eternal life. This man buried his talent. Can you imagine? You just ignored what you were gifted to do. And you get thrown out to th into the outer darkness where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know, Jesus told me he's already preparing for that day. And the very next thing um, that Jesus said here in verse 31 when the Son of Man comes in his glory, his majesty, and splendor, and all the holy angels with him, he'll sit on the throne of his glory, and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates his sheep from the goats. And he will cause the sheep to stand at his right hand, and the goats his left, and the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you blessed of, your, of my father, favorite of God, appointed to eternal salvation, eternal, inherit and receive as your own, the kingdom prepared for you in the foundation from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you brought me together yourselves and welcomed and entertained and lodged me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me with help and ministering care. I was in prison, and you came to see me. Then the just and the upright will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or give you food or thirst or gave you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome and entertain you 
or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and come to visit you? And the king will reply to them, Truly I tell you, insofar as you did from one of the least in estimation of men, these, my brethren, you did for me. And then he will say to those on his left, Be gone from me, you cursed, into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome and entertain me. I was naked, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not visit me with help and ministering care. And then also, in turn, will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And he will reply to them solemnly, I declare to you, insofar as you fail to do for the least, in estimation of men of these, you fail to do for me. And you will, and then, then they will go away into eternal punishment, and those who are just and upright and right standing with God into eternal life. So what Jesus is saying is, when, you know, he he went from your talent to this. When you're not, your life isn't about you. When it's about him, when you care about what he cares about, to give your talent, to give your gift to those in need of your gift, you're serving him. You're doing for him. Your life is about him. It's about others. It's about your neighbor, not yourself. So to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind is to care about what he cares about. And he cares about his children. And if you're not giving of your gift, then you don't care about what he cares about. You don't care about others. You're not, it's not about you and taking care of you. And if nobody looks out for you, no one looks out for you, so you got to look out for you. It's about caring and serving others, and then God takes care of you. Then he takes care of you because you took care of them for him. So when you see somebody in need, when you see somebody in need, really then you're serving Jesus. You're caring about what he cares about when you meet that need. And so as much as you want Jesus to do for you, he wants you to do for him. And he's asking that you would go for him and that you would give away those talents you were entrusted to, to bring his will to pass. He's telling us ahead of time, before that day, that if we ignore him, he'll have to ignore us. He doesn't want to. He wants you to know. He wants you to have understanding. But that takes time. And that takes inviting him to live on the inside of you and deciding that you are going to heed his voice. Got to decide that. That's what it's about. It's not just saying a prayer and then thinking you're going to go to heaven and go, you can live back, go back to your old life and live that way. And, and then think that on that day that he's going to say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. He's not. He's going to say, you ignored me. You practiced lawlessness. You didn't care about what I cared about. 
That's what he's going to say. And you don't want him to say that. And he doesn't want to say that. And so he's telling you things to come. He's telling you ahead of time. He's coming. And he's long-suffering while he's waiting you to waiting for you to get ready to do his will, to be engaged with him, to really care about what he cares about so much that you would drop everything for him and do his will. Do that thing that he needs you to do. Put your life aside. Jesus said, you can't be my disciple unless you carry your cross. Lay down your life and follow him. I'll, I always like to confirm with the rich man. He said, what do I have to do to have eternal life. And Jesus said, sell your stuff. Walk the walk I walk. Give your stuff to the poor. So what he was saying is, come on, walk that walk I walk. Care about others. Use your talent. Do the work just so we do greater work than him. The man was grieved. Many of you today are grieved. You don't want to let your job go. You don't want to take a chance of not having. But Jesus said, no one gives up houses, mothers, sisters, brothers, anything for the sake of gospel and will not get back a hundredfold return. God's way of doing is when you give, it'll be given back to you. Press out, shaken together and running over. And when we live outside of his kingdom and provide for ourselves, it becomes difficult to give our stuff away because we work so hard for it. But when God provides for you, it was given to you. And then it's not hard to give it away because you know that's how his kingdom operates. That's the system of the kingdom of God. That's how it works. And so then it's not difficult. And so really, we got to get to know Jesus and have understanding and just learn how to live in his kingdom. And the more time you hear, the, the more time you spend with him and the more you hear the word, the more faith you're going to have in him. And yeah, it gets scary to step out on the water the first time, but it gets easier and easier. And he's about to return. And you don't want to take a chance of him saying, I didn't know you. You ignored me. You know, even though you don't know what to do, maybe you don't know your talent, you're still ignoring Jesus by not finding out, by not seeking him. By just thinking that, you know, I don't have to do anything. And many people are taught that wrong thinking. I don't have to do anything. Jesus did it all. And he did. But if you believe in him, then that, that's an action. Then you're going to obey me. He said, if you love me, you'll obey me. And so the kingdom of God is taken by force. Jesus said that. And so it's a push. He also said the enemy is going to come against you. So it's a push. 
It's an effort to walk in the kingdom of God. But it is so worth the push. The reward is so much more than the work. And Jesus wants you to know that today. Revelation 3, 19 and 20, Jesus said, I correct those that I love. He's correcting us. He's telling us things to come because he loves us and he doesn't want us to perish. Revelation 3.20 said, He will come and live on the inside of us if we heed His voice. If we heed His voice. If we don't heed His voice, He's not there. He's not going to come and live on the inside of us because it doesn't make any sense if you're not going to be in agreement with Him for Him to abide in you. So let's pray. Let's ask him. If you never asked Jesus to come live on the inside of you and you're committed to be engaged with him and do his work, if you're committed to him, say that prayer with me right now. Ask him. Ask him. Jesus, come live on the inside of me. I want to heed your voice. I want to live in your kingdom here and now and when I leave here. I want to be prepared. I don't want to hear those words that day. I don't want to hear you say, I didn't know you. I don't want to ignore you. Help me. Thank you for not coming yet. And help me to see the truth and walk in it. We love you. We praise you, Lord. We give you all the glory. Jesus is saying he has a word for us today. And he's saying, I'm coming and I'm coming soon. We have a lot of work to do. Look to me and I will instruct you. And in the midst of that instruction, just because you're following me, even if you haven't arrived yet, you will be acknowledged for looking to me. Because you made your choice, you chose me. Choose me, saith the Lord. The chosen are those who have chose me. He's so good. He's so in love with you, and he wants you to know. He wants you to have understanding. He doesn't want to surprise you that day, but he wants you to know ahead of time. He wants you to know things to come. <laughs>